Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Uh, yes, we want to welcome everyone to Boxcar Universe. I'm Steve Dubell with my fabulous co-host Mel Alvin. Mel, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. It's been a crazy busy day. Yes, and yeah, I mean there's so much of so much information we have to share with our listeners today. Uh God knows we've got some great guests coming on today and uh plus we, we, we actually are adding a new segment into the show today. I mean, being that we're, our show is, is relatively new, but we're adding a new segment in today. We're going to preview a little bit later in the hour. It's uh, Mel and Steve on the street. <laughs> That's right. That's what we like to call it. Let's clarify exactly what that means. <laughs> okay. No, Mel and I were out yesterday and today. Um, we were talking with... Uh, Millennials. Let's let's just like call it like it is. Some great millennials that were able to share some information with us about their viewpoints on container living, recyclable, um, you know, products and stuff like that. And uh, Mel, you had a you said you had an interesting discussion this morning, but just whet our listeners' appetite a little. Okay. Well, I was uh, actually uh, met a delivery company out there for a client that ordered uh, furniture from me. And, uh, you know, the delivery guys were out there, we were chatting, and I was uh, letting them know what uh, I was planning on doing later today. And um, sure enough, they were super excited about the containers, and uh, they know all about it. Um, and they are very interested in it. Uh, I think, you know, again, they kind of fall in that millennial category, uh, which is awesome. And again, kind of what we'll talk about later today Um smaller footprint and uh sustainable living so it you know yeah, it's it's you know i we we learned a lot about our discussions with them and uh we get to share our thoughts with them because you know obviously you know we've Mel and I, we're not old, but we've been around for a while. You know, there's no accounting for experience. Let's just clarify. Let's, that's what I'm <laughs> you saying. You are definitely not... older than me. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. Anyway. All right, we're going to get started today. We want to talk a little bit about first, you know, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, there are different different uses for shipping containers. And there are, you know, doing research about that, you know, it's it's been around for a while and some people have gotten to... Uh, do some creative things with shipping containers in the way of, you know, using them for living and other things and for businesses and stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they've come up with, uh, you know, in times of need and relief shelters, uh, you know, when during storms like uh, in Florida, that that's the perfect place for, you know, relief shelters because they can be transported and put anywhere as long as they are on land. And uh, be able to shelter people. I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, I, I would think and I would hope that uh, FEMA 
would actually embrace this because I think it's uh, it's something when people get displaced like they did in Florida, they are so sorely needed. Uh, but then on the other hand, you know, you have businesses, and one of the businesses that we'd like to talk about, which I'm sure everybody is familiar with, is Starbucks. Right. You know, Starbucks is uh, Starbucks came up with the idea in 2011 to use a shipping container as one of their stores, and then they moved. They they built several of them there, and then they built some in Colorado. And uh, Mel and I checked a little while ago, and they have approximately 45 container stores in the United States, out of 17,000 in the in the country, and over 37,000 worldwide which is pretty incredible when you think and so what how long ago did starbucks start do you, anybody remember how long how many years it's been i mean it's been it, i know they started in uh seattle wasn't it yeah it was Washington, seattle yeah. and it had to be back in i'm a boston girl I'm you know th- i'm thinking me the- about duncan but <laughs> <laughs> okay i remember i grew up with that in new york duncan yeah absolutely it's like starbucks what's that yeah and every train station there's a duncan it's like circle k they're on every corner that's right that's right and then you know when you move around that's why i said you know when i when i moved around the valley it's like you know when the one thing that you always wanted to make sure that you were close to within a few blocks was the circle k or, you know, maybe the second one would be a Starbucks because well, every, everybody loves to meet at Starbucks. You know, notice that every time you want to go somewhere, it doesn't make a difference what the building looks like. If it's Starbucks, it's Starbucks. You just go there and- You got Wi-Fi. And meet. You got Wi-Fi. Exactly. Ding, ding. That's right. You got That's Wi-Fi. Right. I mean, you go somewhere and you've got to have a business meeting, you go to Starbucks. You got Wi-Fi and coffee. Why could you beat it? I haven't had a chance to research this yet, but uh, I've got some great clients of mine- um, Adam and Kirsten up in the far Northwest Valley. And they said uh, over in like that Vistancia area, there is actually a, um, I don't know if he said it was a coffee shop or a restaurant, but they actually use containers. So I'm going to look into that. All check right. it out. Maybe well, put some pictures up on the maybe, website. Maybe we'll have to do another Mel and Steve on the street. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> I think great. That would be great. But, you know, thinking about some other uses, you know, the U.S. military has you know, deployed containers, you know, over the course of our, our country's needs. And, um, they, uh, the, the army actually had deployed what they call container, containerized housing units, or it's pronounced shoes, S H O O S or shoes, C H U S. And they've been using those for, for basically for years for storage and for, for you know, for for the troops around wherever they're deployed, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. But again, it's something that can be, you know, transported and and located in just like military equipment. So it's a natural, I think. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And and again, these are containers. They're not just oh my god, they're just metal containers with wood floors. No, these units that they drop, they have. Hardwood floors, they have windows, they have air conditioners, you know, uh, some have sleeping quarters, then they have refrigerators. I mean, they're like just like a regular small, let's just call it like it is. It's like a regular small casita, which you get questions about all the time. How many people want to put something like that in their backyard? That's right. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, But 
when you think about, you know, people say, okay, so what's the size of these things? You got to remember, uh, you only know, like to use like tall, the, the taller units. They're the, they call high cubes. So they're eight feet wide, 10 feet tall, 40 feet long. Some are 20 feet long. Now, there are exceptions to that rule because some they are 45, 45 linear feet long. So you yeah. get an extra five feet. But uh, again, there are they're few and far between, but they are accessible. And uh, I found out something very interesting today that uh, buying containers are seasonable. They're seasonable. That means you could buy them. The pricing on it changes, much like other things that you would buy in the store. Then you buy certain things, like like now at the end of the summer. What do you what do you find in stores now, Mel? That are that are cheaper. That used to be maybe more expensive in the spring. Oh, you mean the the end of summer? Yeah, end of yeah. summer. Right. So you you have things that you would buy in spring for like summertime. You know, right. whether it be outdoor furniture, things like that nature, are more expensive in the spring because they want to start selling them. They can make more money. But at the end of like now in fall, if they have any stock left, they want to get rid of it. So it's it's cheaper. Same goes with containers. Containers come over to the United States from from the you know the Asian continent in waves. Okay, and I, I learned this this morning from a from a container supplier that actually there are containers coming over in November. So it, of it'll be a, a a mass amount of high cube containers, the high high cube eight by ten by forties. And when they're empty, at that particular time, let's just say within that month of November, it'll be a good time to buy a 40-foot container. So this way, if you're going to buy a container home or if you're going to do a DIY, you need to check your sources around that time. And we could help you with that as well to actually buy a container you know, and, and save you some maybe, maybe $1,000 or more, which is pretty amazing. I want to say, too, on the whole Starbucks thing and having their uh, containers, I was reading that they are actually using the containers that they have been shipping their coffee and their tea in. So they're actually repurposing the containers that they are using for their shipping. No, that's that. that no, that's that is, pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive that they'll be able to use this. And I would like I hope. I applaud the person at Starbucks who actually started using that. And that's something I think we should probably research because I think they need to have some. Starbucks, call us. Yeah, Starbucks, call us. We need to know. We need to know a little more about the history and who had that idea at Starbucks because that was, that was pretty impressive. And there, you know, you think about it, there are a a lot of other places, you know, I've seen one, um, uh, was it down here off of, uh, in Phoenix, down off of Indian school. I think it's like 36th street. Somebody actually took a, uh, container and uh, put it on the ground, and they made more or less. It's it's a restaurant. They put a uh, it's they put a, a side side awning on it, so you just open the doors and in there you are. Voila, kitchen. It's almost like a it's almost like a a portable. I think I know what you're they, talking they, about. Like a yeah, like a roach coach, right. as they call it. You know, <laughs> but it's not really not. They're not saying they are, but still, that's the kind of thing that, you know, portable, movable, you know, uh, van that would come around delivering coffee and buns and food, you know, at different times of the day. So they did that. And then there was another person I saw um, right up here in North Phoenix actually took a 20-foot container and converted it into a mobile pizza 
uh, storefront. Yes. Which was pretty amazing. I mean, they have everything in it. They have, they've got AC. They've got, you know, they've got plenty of windows. They actually have a, uh, an actual oven in the container to actually make the pizzas. They have all the, the uh, ways uh, to generate electricity. Uh, they have It's gas supplied so they can actually run the oven. So it, it's pretty impressive. People get very creative when it comes to using containers. And then... The one th- other thing we want to talk about before we go to break is the use of containers for low-income housing. And so important. it is so important. Mel and I have spoken to several different people this past week that are s- totally interested in helping the communities with container home living and dealing with um, low-income housing, which is so – so it's solely – solely needed throughout not just Phoenix, but it probably all over the country. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and let's also talk about the low income for fifty five plus. Because that's a that's a really big community that's out there that there is waiting lists after waiting lists for people to get in uh for that government assistance um on housing, uh, you know, for the fifty five and older community. So you know, we are uh, in the middle of talking to several people right now and, and trying to see how we can help and, and um, make something happen uh, faster in our community. Um, on top of that, you know, for the homeless as well. I mean, this is a great opportunity um, to be able to house them. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it it all to, it take it only takes one person to have a creative idea to be able, and then obviously if they're passionate about making things happen, they will go out of their way to find the right person that will actually be able to help you make that happen. Because um, how many how many great ideas and great companies were created by just one person? I mean, or like uh, one person for for any kind of business. You could create it in your garage if you want, you know. But this is a this is a great way to actually help the community. Um, the other thing too is, you know, they make great uh, VRBOs, they do, and rentals and stuff, and great investing opportunities for someone who wants to get involved with doing something like that, and they could see the vision. And I think that's what it, it's all about. When you have a vision for something, for whether it be a passion or for something like this, container homes, or or even being part of a container home community and organizing it and investing in it, and has something to say about. You know that knowing that you help the community, I think it just it feels feels good. Absolutely, it feels good. But we're going to take a short break, and on the other side of the break, our first guests are Joe Pep and Jack Alva from Extra Mile Painting, and they will be telling us everything we need to do about if you have a container and you're going to be obviously you have to paint it the color that you would like and protect it from the elements. They're going to be able to help us with that. And uh, a whole lot more right here on Boxcar Universe. Don't go away. Quality of service, punctuality, and accountability. These ideals are what set Extra Mile Painting Company apart from other painting companies. In Arizona since 2015, Extra Mile has been servicing the Valley, painting mainly residential and commercial projects. We're committed to bringing value to paint projects by providing an estimate for you quickly, showing up on time consistently, and completing your project efficiently. Give us a call today for a free paint estimate at 602-521-2662. 
You can also find us on the web at extramilepaintingaz.com, as well as on Facebook and Yelp. We're Extra Mile Painting Company. If someone asks you to go a mile, go too. I'm Mel Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion-meets-design sense to execute timeless interiors, style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at Alva Interiors AZ, and on Instagram at Alva Interiors. Chances are, when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. Who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric, a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480 480- 503-1339. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe right here on Star Worldwide Networks. And uh, we want to welcome our next two guests to the program. Joe Pep and Jack Alva from Extra Mile Painting. Guys, how are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Hey, we're doing great today. We're just out here. You know, obviously, the one thing we always like to do, be informative, be entertaining at the same time. And uh, we hope we are conveying that with everybody because we are, Mel and I are very passionate about what we talk about and how we want to be able to bring all this great information to the listeners, not just here in the Phoenix market, but um, worldwide on Star Worldwide Networks, and we want to give Dave Pratt a big shout out for actually this is this is his home way back when since 2013 when I moved my show over to the digital side of uh, you know radio, and uh, we've been here ever since. It's been a great uh, great relationship. So we want to give Dave a great shout out and thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Hey, but guys, let's talk a little bit about. You know, we're talking about the, uh, you get these containers from overseas and obviously they're all colors, you know, uh, with logos on them, stickers on them and everything else. And obviously, uh, unless you want to create a home on your property that looks like a container that was on a ship and never moved, (laughs) I mean, you'd leave, you'd leave it the way it was, but yeah, most everyone wants to be able to take the, all these, the logos and everything off and actually be able to have the, the artistic style of the side of the container, the way it is, it has corrugated siding. It looks, it looks, looks really unique and then people will certainly notice it, but you want to, you want to be able to protect it because sometimes even those one use containers, which is the ones that we always use is, you know, they do have scratches on them sometimes, or they need the, all this stuff, we'll call it just cleaned off. What would you recommend on people on, on uh, preparing a container for exterior painting? I would recommend um, you. You mentioned the cleaning things off just uh, in passing, but that's really the starting point 
to um, painting the exterior of a container is to make sure that surface is completely clean. That can be done through a thorough power wash, if possible, um, even hand scrubbing it so that uh, there is no barrier or film between the um, primer that will be applied next and, um, and just to make the process go smooth. And then from there, you can go to a regular exterior paint would be no problem at all. And, you know, we talk about sustainability. We need to also realize that sustainability has to do with people's personal economy as well. So we're talking about products that are affordable. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's you know, we, we always have that, that uh, limitation on how much money do we have, how much, you know, we want this, but we only have this much money. So we have to make sure that we, uh, you know, basically create something within their budget limits so this way we can give them what they're wishing for even if it is maybe a little less expensive than they were thinking because, you know, we have all had that experience of, you know, going in a candy store and we want it all, but we only have enough for maybe two pieces. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, but yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about what, you know, being that it's an exterior metal, uh, it, it's not stucco or, or any brick or anything else like that or cement block, what type of paint would you recommend to be able to be used on the outside of the container? Well, for metal, Steve, yes. um, we like to use Dunn Edwards Arista Shield. It's an amazing product that works really well on hard surfaces, and it cures really nice, and it, it gives that long-lasting protection, and it's got a really wonderful finish, especially when you use something like an eggshell. Um, I believe they make it in uh, a satin, too, perhaps, uh, but it gives it that nice shine that can be washed off. And, uh, yeah, it's a great finish. We use it on things like cabinetry and, and metal, too, specifically metal. It's a really, really great product. It adheres uh, really well, especially in this type of uh, environment with the containers, that is. Um, and we also go the extra mile sometimes by using uh, bonding primer on slick surfaces, such as the container, which can help give it longevity as well. Because surface preparation, as Joe was saying, is the most important thing. It doesn't matter how expensive your paint is or what it is. If it doesn't have something to grab onto or in the industry, as we say, it has a tooth, um, it's not going to bond and it's just going to fail prematurely. Now, in, in the surface prep, okay, would you recommend sanding, sandblasting? What would you, what was the best way to rough up the material, rough up the metal? And obviously you would want to do the entire container. I, I could tell you that uh, the most uh, foolproof um, method, if you will, of to test if it's prepared correctly is to run your hand across it. Right. There should be no, of course, no dirt, but there should be no chalkiness that comes off on your hand. If there is, that surface is not ready to be painted. Uh, so you, it, that's where I mentioned a hand scrub as well with maybe some solution like TSP to completely remove all that uh, chalkiness before you apply a primer. That's going to be key to withstanding um, the elements. Right. And you don't know where that container has been. If it, you know, if it's a one use coming across the ocean, you don't know what kind of surface is on there as far as what I should say, what kind of residue is on there right. from the shipping. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I, I believe that those containers have a, a marine paint on them already. Um, and obviously for a reason, right. Cause they're on the salt water, but, um, 
I was going to say probably here in Arizona, we don't really need to worry about marine paint, but I would think in, you know, coastal areas, um, that is something that maybe they need to worry about. And I don't know, Joe, if, if you guys have an answer to that or not, um, I was just wondering, would there be a different type of paint if somebody was like in Los Angeles? Um, and I know that they're doing a container home right now um, at Redondo Beach. Um, and I'm I'm sure that they have to use something different than what we, we get to use here. Um, with that being said, I wonder, we've, we've had some people say that, uh, that we've, you know, spoken to this past week that they've actually used automobile paint, um, to paint the containers. And I, I mean, I don't know enough about the difference, but maybe you guys can kind of give us a little insight on that. I can chime in on that. So you can use automobile paint. You can use two-part epoxy uh, on the container itself. Marine paint, I mean, sky's the limit. But as Joe was speaking about it earlier, economy comes into play too because we have access to very high-grade paints, uh, even in just the normal houses that we paint day-to-day. And what someone wants to use on it will... I mean, it'll it'll be specific to what their expectations are. So, yeah, if you use something like automobile paint, you are going to have an entirely different finish. However, as you look at automobiles every day on the road, not all of them have such great longevity because they also perform almost like any other paint is eventually they will fade. But the cost of redoing something like that it it you have to weigh your options on how you want to go do you want to pay you know 10 20 30 40 50 times more than you would normal paint uh to redo it when it does come time to do something like that and then as far as the coastal towns or coastal living you want something with the higher resin so you a high grade paint with like an eggshell is very common on the coasts oil-based paints used to be traditionally what you would use in those those types of environments but they're becoming less in vogue. Um, they are still used mainly in industrial types of situations, but they're expensive. Um, they smell and there's other ones that are more eco-friendly, but you have that added component too of cost. Cost is, you know, is a big factor and also the environment, which is key for a lot of people. They don't want that lingering smell. They don't want that mess. And it's, it involves a lot more different cleanup. And yeah, so those are some of the factors that can affect, you know, what kind of paint you want to put on there. I mean, you see these homes with murals on the side that someone airbrushed, and then you see another house that was done by, you know, someone less artistic. And so, you know, what you pay for is what you get with that realm. You can get super fancy or you can get just great. Uh, Maybe that might not have been the best example, but um, just to say, you know, in short, yeah, you can paint it with automobile paint. Is it necessary? I don't know. It probably isn't. Besides the besides the application of uh, automotive paint is very difficult to apply and takes a certain amount of expertise. Unlike someone who's able to grab a sprayer with a traditional paint and apply that in a, in a much easier fashion. But just to end with the uh, the idea of primer, primer you get what you pay for. When you go and buy a primer, if there's one for $10 or one for $35, you're going to want to go with the $35 primer. There's a lot more science and chemistry in it. I don't know how to explain all that, 
but I do know you get what you pay for. We see it all the time. When we use a premium primer, houses look better, last longer, fade less. It would be exactly true with a container as right. well. And then you got to get the same, especially in anywhere, but more importantly in the Southwest, Arizona, probably particularly, that you get that fade factor over when you look at the home. Joe and I went to look at a house the other day that, you know, we, we noticed. I mean, I painted this house in like, what was it, in 2013. Okay, and in in the dark green color that was accented on the pop-outs, you could tell it was definitely faded. And as it fades and it really starts to show wear, that's why I always try and tell homeowners, you know, when you start seeing that or see discolorations in the color, when you look at it, like take a sidelong glance of it, and it doesn't look solid anymore, you know, the house is, you know, the paint's crying. I need I need a coat. I need a coat of paint. It's time to consider painting my painting the house. Painting the containers are the same way. They start to fade and they start to look bad. And like anything else, it's going to have to. It, it's going to require a little bit of maintenance. Absolutely. And another component, if I might might add, uh, is colors. Uh, lighter colors hold up much better in the sun, whereas opposed to darker colors, you're going to have to have a lot more maintenance with them. Sure, they look amazing, but uh, they contain more colorants, which dilute the base of the actual paint that's going on there. So, yeah, you're going to have to repaint that more often. I'm glad that you that's brought that up because I was going to ask, with the AristaShield product, that's what you guys recommend for paint uh, for the metal, right? Yes. Do you feel that that will um, last longer in our sun if they choose a darker color? Or do you feel like you still have to, it'll still have fading? It will still fade eventually. It just depends on your sun exposure and the elements. Uh, I think south facing uh, is going to have your most fade on any house for the most part. And of course, you know, if you live up in Flag, you've got trees. Whereas out here, uh, more in Phoenix, you've got more desert landscaping. You've got more sun exposure for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, eventually it will fade, but it, the higher grade paint, Aristocial is an ultra premium paint. So it's going to last a lot longer. It's got more resins in it to resist that fade and last longer for you than it would for a regular mid-grade paint. Yeah. Great. Guys, tell our listeners a little bit about how they could contact you. We like to be contacted by phone, 602-521-2662. That's the best way just to leave a message, but we could also receive emails and text as well. Okay, and then um, give out the web address one more time. It's extra mile painting az at I'm sorry, that's our that's our email. <laughs> it's extra mile painting com, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Yelp. All right, great. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you, all guys. your input today, and uh, hope that will help some of our listeners. Uh, who were just, you know, trying to put together a lot of information about how do I put a container together? And, you know, in the coming weeks, we've got a whole lot more information coming your way about if you were out there wanting to do a DIY container, you know, we're going to be able to help you with that, as well as if, you know, you, you want to purchase a container. So we want to make sure you guys tune in every week or on demand, as you could always do now. Yeah, it's on demand on Star Worldwide Networks. Just uh, scroll down and find the Boxcar Universe uh, logo and uh, click on the click on all the shows and start start from the beginning. It's the best way to go. 
But um, we're going to take a short break now. But when we come back, we have uh, Cassandra Donahue is going to be joining us from SRP. And uh, that is our uh, one of our energy companies here in the Valley of the Sun. And we're going to be talking about how to save some energy with your home or, or container home. So I want everybody to hang in there. Stay tuned. You're listening to Boxcar Universe on Star Worldwide Networks. Updating your flooring, shower, or backsplash can be stressful. But when you have the right company involved, that process becomes easier. Reyes Tile is a family-owned and operated business that has served the Valley for over 15 years. They specialize in residential, commercial, and multifamily projects. Their main focus is on all types of flooring, backsplash, and showers. Eduardo Coronado, owner of Reyes Tile, can be reached at 602-384-6825 on Instagram at Reyes.TileLLC. Reyes Tile, excellence in flooring. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Stardust Building Supplies' three valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. When choosing a roofing contractor, make sure you evaluate the roofing company. Look into the following things. Make sure they are licensed and insured for your protection and peace of mind. Call the Better Business Bureau and make sure the company you choose is in good standing. Look for a company with a proven track record that offers client references. Keep a healthy skepticism about considering a low bid. Many fly-by-night contractors provide below-cost bids, but they are often uninsured and perform substandard work. At Kaiko Roofing, we're crazy about quality and we'd like to be your roofing contractor. For more tips, visit us online at kaikoroofing.com. All right, and we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe right here on Star Worldwide Networks. And uh, in a tra- tradition of bringing great information to all our listeners, uh, one of the things that we want to help you with, obviously, is your energy savings. And that's one of the things that people stress out about a lot, especially in today's market where energy is costing a whole lot more. And the best way I know that you can actually help that is probably going to an expert. And with us right now, we have Cassandra Donahue on from SRP. Cassandra, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, great, great. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Um, you know, one of the things that you well, let me say this: How do you find that people are uh, using? I mean, is this is this obviously just coming out of the summer now? How do you mm-hmm. find? How did you guys? How did SRP fare with the the uh, you know the load of everybody pr- probably using more electricity than anybody else? Yeah, we did a really good job over the summer managing demand. Um, We've had um, quite a few customers come on board our um, what we call our demand response programs, where when we think that 
we're going to hit, you know, a certain temperature or we're going to have a strain on the grid that day, we ask our customers to turn up their thermostat a few degrees for a couple of hours here and there, um, which helps definitely ease the demand on the grid and keep service reliable. And we had such great participation this past summer with programs like that, as well as customers making some, you know, energy efficient upgrades to their home or, or doing some do DIY, uh, you know, updates that it was a really good summer for us and hopefully for customers. Well, it's, it's, it's great. What, what would you recommend for, for someone, obviously, obviously, you know, um, what things, are there any devices that you would recommend that homes can, can, uh, put, you know, devices that we can put in your homes to actually save energy? Absolutely. So installing a smart thermostat is a great first step. Um, smart thermostats can adjust your heating and cooling based on your day-to-day -day habits. Um, learning th thermostats will automatically turn temperature up when you leave the house and turn it back down, depending on how you typically set your thermostat throughout the day, which can help tremendously with making sure that your AC or heating unit doesn't use more energy than needed. Um, we also do recommend taking advantage of some programs that we have available where you can get some free shade trees. Um, you, you just sign up for an online workshop that's free and you get two shade trees that you can plant that help shade your home and prevent that heat gain coming in from that hot summer heat. Um, as well as doing things like setting your pump timer to be during times when you're not typically uh, using energy, such as overnight while everyone's sleeping. Those are just sort of like the day-to-day the -day devices and things you can do around your home that will start, you know, saving you money and lowering your energy bill. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people usually don't think about in, in the course of uh, when it gets really hot outside or even in the wintertime now, it's going to get, it's going to get very cold, especially uh, to all our friends up north and um, north in the northeast region, uh, windows and doors. A lot of times, the weather stripping on those on those are especially doors or weathered. Sometimes the windows. Um, you know, most of the time, thank God. Now, for years and years and years, we have dual pane glass. But years ago, everything was single pane, and I'm sure there are still plenty of single pane homes uh, out there that uh, are are looking to you know, trying to save money. And the best thing they could do is obviously upgrade their windows and Absolutely. doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, inspecting your windows and doors is a great way to try and trap some of that air that may be leaking either from, from your house or may come be coming in from outside your house. So we definitely recommend a great, easy DIY project to help um, tackle that is to really, um, we have some DIY videos on our site, or you can find them all over YouTube and how to call your window frames and door frames so that they're as sealed as possible to prevent some of that air escaping or from that cold or warm air from coming inside as well. Uh, do you know, uh, is the government offering any like credits uh, to anyone to help them with their energy bills now or no? Um, well, we offer several rebate programs for any upgrades that you make to your home, specifically specific to SRP. But based on the new um, environmental uh, bill that was signed recently, there will be some credits the government is offering for, on particular home upgrades. Um, I'm not uh, 
knowledgeable on everything that they're providing credits for, but I know that's something new that'll be coming around this season. So I definitely recommend customers talk to their tax professional about what they may um, apply for and, and get uh, hopefully a tax break on. Yeah, I think they, that'd be a, some good advice to make sure that they just check on, you know, what is coming down the pike, especially, you know, usually I think those things are usually come out in January, don't they? When yeah. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate we're in the middle of winter, but at least, you know, you, you know what you can plan on for the, for the rest of the year on, if you are going to do some upgrades, obviously, again, something else that depends on budget. The one thing yeah. that we, we know that when we create, Container homes is obviously everything that goes in there. Uh, One of the things that you always have to make sure of, even maybe more so than a regular home, is making sure that when you create new frames for windows and and put doors in and and those windows, you could put a a solid, you know, a, a double pane window in a container home, but you want to make sure that again it's properly sealed that the metal is welded correctly, that it's sealed to the side of the container, that you have no leakage, obviously. And, you know, that goes the same for, for water because you want to make sure that in in uh, in rainstorms, and we just had we just had a heck of a rainstorm up north here in Arizona where I mean, people just said that they, it, it's the worst storm that they had um, since June, as well as they even had a couple of tor- tornado warnings. So these are things you got to, just because you live in Arizona doesn't mean that you're, you know, it's not all sunny and bright 365 days a year. There is severe weather here from time to time, whether it be here in the Valley or in, in Northern Arizona, where the temperature is more moderate. Mm-hmm. So you want to make, make sure that you, you keep an eye on that and uh, do what you can to, to help everybody's pocketbook because it's, it's, you know, as far as we know, it's not going to get any cheaper here in the near future. So we want to make sure that everybody can save as much as they can uh, on their energy bills. Absolutely. I mean, definitely a great point on the, on the proper windows, um, double pane windows that are much more energy efficient than maybe some windows that might be older. Um, any appliances you have, make sure to keep an eye out for that Energy Star logo. Those are going to save you quite a bit on your energy bill as well. When you know you're using a refrigerator, stove, um, dishwasher, laundry, all that good stuff. So that's a great thing to look out for if you're in the market for appliances as well, because they can help um, significantly in lowering your bill too. That's great. And I know you've got some great information on your website. Why don't you give out the uh, SRP website to all our listeners? Yeah, definitely visit SaveWithSRP.com. Um, all of our rebate programs and things we have available, you know, thousands of dollars available for any upgrades you made to your home, as well as some free things that you can do around your house, whether it's a DIY or just taking advantage of the programs we have available to customers um, to get started on their energy savings. As well, that's really great. Cassandra, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, and give our best to Kathleen because she is a longtime friend and uh, always you guys always give us some great information. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All right. That's Cassandra Donahue from SRP. So we want to make sure that we follow all those guidelines because we always, we all want to save money and that's the most important thing to be able to do, you know, be safe, 
save money and live comfortably. I think those, once you say, Mel, those are three things that we, we should, uh, we should always strive for. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have, uh, the Reyes tile tip of the week as lo- as well as we're going to be talking a little, we're going to be talking a little min- millennial, <laughs> Stephen Mel on the street. So we got, we have some things that we want to share with you, things that we learned, obviously some different viewpoints of, uh, living, whether it be more, you know, traditional when you say, well, you know, grow up, buy a house, you know, put your savings away to maybe, uh, fly by the seat of your pants, <laughs> something like that. But uh, it's all it's all good, and you know, however you want to live, it's 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 great. But we want to be able to share a little bit of that viewpoint with people because it definitely does affect, you know, our economy and how that is, and how container homes can figure into that thinking. So make sure that you stay tuned, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe right here on Star Worldwide Networks. Hello, my name is Sean with Mr. Electric, and I have a safety tip for you today. Aluminum wiring. If you have warm receptacles, or maybe even receptacles that only work sometimes, and maybe even a small smoke trail that comes up from the top of your outlet, this may indicate that you have aluminum wiring in your house. A survey by the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission shows that homes built before 1972 and wired with aluminum branch circuits are 55 times more likely to have one or more wire connections at an outlet reach what's called a fire hazard condition than homes that were wired with copper only. The problem is the connection of the aluminum wire to copper devices or wiring. When aluminum and copper come together, the result over time is oxidization or rust. And over time, this condition creates resistance to the flow of electricity, causing the connections to overheat. The longer the time goes, the worse this condition gets. If you have aluminum wiring, bring in a licensed electrician to educate you on the use of AFCI breakers, which sense electrical arcs and also Consumer Product Safety Commission approved methods of connectors to greatly improve the quality of the aluminum connections in your home. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we are just a phone call or a click away. You can reach us at 480-503-1339 or on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. And remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. This is Steve Dubell, host of Boxcar Universe. With today's trend to live a more sustainable lifestyle, you definitely want to choose a container home company you can trust. High-tech containers can give you that peace of mind. Their knowledgeable staff can guide you through the process of achieving your dream, your own container home. From design to completion, from basic to high-tech, contact them today at hightechcontainers.com. Or give them a call at 623-980-3862. That's 623-980-3862. All right. We are back again, and we are here. It's Boxcar Universe right here. I love to say that. Boxcar Universe. You know, (laughs) we have to to give correct pronunciation here to make sure that people get the message. And we're right here on Star Worldwide Networks. And, you know, we want to talk a little bit about, as we said, talk about some millennial viewpoints about uh, container homes and actual, you know, lifestyle living. And that's one of the things that we also talk about, sustainable lifestyle living, which I think is, is, is on the minds of many, many people. But we want to just, Mel and I want to talk one real quick about our friend, uh, 
Reyes Tile, the tip of the week. And I think one of the things that uh, people, and I know when I brought people to, you know, tile tile stores like floor and decor and stuff like that, they asked me, well, which tile should I get, porcelain or ceramic? And which one did I choose and where do I put it? And, you know, some of the differences, obviously, the density of porcelain tile is more durable than ceramic tile, and it's less subject to wear. However, uh, when you think about, you know, uh, ceramic tile, it has it has its qualities, but it's a little it's a little bit different. But it's not as water resistant. Yeah, it's porous. Porcelain is um, it's stronger than ceramic tile because it's fired at a higher temperature. Um, also um, allows that to become water resistant. Uh, had a chat with uh, Eduardo Coronado, uh, my buddy from Reyes Tile today, and uh, wanted uh, to chat with him about this tip before we uh, we aired it. And um, yeah, he all day long he recommends using porcelain, and he also mentioned something to me, Steve, which I find quite interesting. He said that there is porcelain that is now um, being made that it looks like stone. And I know that they have quartz countertops out there, right? The the man-made stuff. But they're using porcelain now, not only for countertops, but actual tiles. And it's thicker. And they're even doing it for outdoor. And I had no clue that any of this was going on. So I think I might uh, venture out to a couple of the tile places and check it out. But he's saying that it's, um, you know, obviously water resistance and... and, and um, It'll last a lot longer. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing because most of the time I've ever seen the you know porcelain tile is always used indoors. Right. You know, so it, again, it, the ever the never ending changes that are coming down the pike with new development of different things, and it just I mean you know I mean all the years that you've been doing interior design work, it's it, it's probably like when you started compared to the way it is now, it's probably like. Stone Age to space flight. Well, I agree with you, and it's it's just funny because uh, speaking of that, I was looking at a um, a couple of images. I had some clients allow me to come back in and take some photos of their home that I designed over ten years ago, and of course, that was kind of the height of the Tuscany looking you know style that everybody was going with. And I gotta say, I mean, ten over ten years later, this house looks absolutely amazing. Uh, obviously it is not the Tuscan style, but, um, it just goes to show you that having a designer, you know, on your team will help you to kind of create that fashion forward look. Um, and also to kind of help you stay away from some of the trends that we know that are just going to fade out. Right. right? Like, like let's make everything gray. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Again, it's probably more of the grazy colors, right, that they're yeah. using now. But um, I just found that really interesting that he said that there was porcelain being used as stone. And so um, I really think that's something that we should uh, look into. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we met a very interesting uh, person yesterday, Kara um, Porter. She had some uh, millennial views as, hey, you know, Cara. Mel, hi, Kara, Mel and Steve on the street here. We're talking, trying to get some information here. You know, we were interesting discussion about um, when we asked her, you know, how do you feel about 
buying a home and having a 30-year mortgage. I mean, she was just like, I wouldn't say she was repulsed from it, <laughs> but she was, she's like shaking her head like, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Well, I just, I actually found it quite comical to see your reaction to that. Um, I I have teenage sons, right? And a 24-year-old son. So I don't, I think my reaction was not as severe <laughs> as yours. They're, they're, um, How not, could you think like that? Not so much lack of commitment, I'll tell you. I think, you know, uh, she was just really interested in having a smaller footprint. I know um, our friend Maria was uh, with us and, you know, she was asking her, do you want to travel? Because I know Maria has daughters, you know, that are millennials also. And, um, you know, I, I think it's great. I think it's really um, wonderful to hear their side of things. And I got to say, I, I feel like the multifamily communities that are being built, uh, something is right there because even the um, delivery guys that I was talking to today at that age range, they were saying the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, and so obviously I think that that housing um, is appropriate and you can do that with a container home. So we know that there are going to be container home communities here, you know, um, sooner rather than later. They're already starting to pop up. But she was extremely interested in the container homes when, you know, we were talking to her about the show and uh, would love to stay in a container home. Right. I think that was pretty amazing because I think that she had a uh, she had a real, I think, sincere uh, feelings about you know, having, doing sustainability and she, and recycling the containers is, is part of being that, doing that sustainable living. Right. I think that's always something that's very, very important. But, um, you know, and then obviously remember the question I asked her was, well, how do you feel about it if you don't buy a home and, you know, let's just say you bought a home and then, you know, as years go by, you know, you develop a lot of equity and then you've got the home actually making your money back for you because now you have equity. So you've got something that you can do with it. And you know, her response back was, well, why don't we just save it? Or, or <laughs> the other part was she said, invest, invest in it. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. And then she said, well, let's just invest in the stock market. And I kind of like, like, okay. <laughs> if that's we what, know. Yeah. It can I mean, be volatile. It could be, that, yeah. it could go either way. I mean, depending on what you'd like to do, because you know, I, like, they were risking everything. I mean, look at the people that in 2008, they put their money in the real estate and it took a dive, but real estate is back. Real estate always comes back. I mean, that's just, that's just so, so important. But uh, I, I guess get, anything can be a risk, right? If you look at it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You do a risk. But, you know, if you are seriously thinking about having, um, looking for maybe you are a millennial, you're looking for a new home, obviously, to put a container on, a, uh, to have a container home, you need to have some property. And, you know, that's one thing that you need to look for. And that we've got connections that can actually help you find property uh, pretty much anywhere, really. I mean, Mel and I are linked in, funny if I use that word, linked in all over the place. <laughs> Literally now. <laughs> Literally now. And, uh, you know, we, we have these connections where we reach out and we talk to people and, you know, we uh, share everything that we're doing and, and, and vice versa. So we've got a network of some great people. So we can help you with purchasing land, you know, uh, to, you know people that know uh, how to do studies 
in in areas that if you'd like to build a container community is feasible you know is the one thing that you want to be able to know of well you know is there other businesses around there is there a need for housing doesn't have to be low-income housing but it's just housing in general right you know and uh, doing container community would be something very uh, unique and i think that's where we are right now because it is relatively new been, and but gaining traction every day and popularity and everything else and uh, we want to Make sure, talking about popularity, make sure you check out my article in Scottsdale Home Magazine this month, the popularity of container homes. That The container home that's on, on the, that uh, precedes the article was a nine-container home built by a firefighter in Denver, Colorado, which is just simply amazing because it's not just a boxed nine containers. It has, it has style to it, which I think is very important. So we want to make sure that we do that. But... Uh, I want to say thank you to all our guests today, uh, to Joe and Jack from Extra Mile Painting, Cassandra Donahue from SRP, and uh, we want to give a, a special thank you to Kara Porter and, uh, and, and Mel's contacts this morning. You never know when yeah. you're going to be able to talk to somebody and get some insight you know, and content uh, to add uh, spice to the show, as we like to say. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, Eduardo Coronado from Maria's Tile for the amazing tip of the week. Absolutely. And make sure every week you check out our show, Boxcar Universe, because it is the best place for uh, container home and sustainable lifestyle living information. And remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.